And then what's going to happen, just let me tell you the things that are going to happen so we don't have to do more introductions. Chris is going to speak, and then after he gets done, Randy's going to come up, and he's going to lead a prayer over um, Andy and Jen and the family. They're going to come up here. We'll move this out of the way. And then everyone that's here, if you serve as an elder or you are ordained, okay, you're going to come up and join in that prayer. And if you have a special word, you may not be up here, and you have a special word, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write it down. Write it down and give it to Andy and Jen uh, at a later time, all right? Uh, because here's what happens. You get up here, all kinds of things are spinning around your mind, and you're not going to remember that word that was given to you, which is very important. And so write that word down and then give that word to them. And then I'm going to introduce my uh, son, who's succeeding me as the pastor here. And then he's going to say a few words and close out the service. And then at the end, he and uh, Jen and the family are going to back so that you can get to meet our new pastor here. So at this time, come on, Chris, and share with us what God's put on your heart. Now I hear myself. It's very honor. I am very honored to be here. I'm really happy uh, to be here at the Lakeland Vineyard. I've uh, I come here v quite often. I don't get to see you folks uh, when I come here, but we have most of our area meetings here in this little area right here. We break out the chairs. We circle them up. I usually sit right here because I like to have this little platform. Where I can set my stuff down. Uh, so this is kind of like my spot. Um, but uh, we have all, a lot, most of our meetings here, and so I get to come here quite often. Uh, but my first time joining you guys on a Sunday morning, and so very honored uh, to do it. If you don't know this, I'm in, I live in St. Petersburg, originally from Ohio. It's one of the things that Dave and I have in common. And uh, religion from Ohio, I've been in St. Pete about 13 years now, and uh, we moved from the uh, Columbus Vineyard, although I didn't actually attend the Columbus Vineyard, we were sent out of, uh, shipped out, kicked out uh, of the Columbus Vineyard and, and launched, uh, planted the St. Pete Vineyard Church uh, from Columbus, Ohio. So uh, we, we love St. Pete. It's an interesting town. It's an interesting place. Lots of challenges. Uh, but it's been a great place for uh, us to raise a family. And uh, my kids are grown now. And so I, I'm there. We empty nesters. Uh, that just happened this past year. Lots of changes have happened this past year. I'll share maybe a couple of those. But uh, I am in St. Pete. My lovely wife, Krista, and my two, uh, two kids, daughter, Alexis, Lexi who uh, is going to be graduating from Palm Beach Atlantic this May. So she's entering into her senior year and just got engaged. Uh, so it's a big, big change for us. And our son, Logan, is a business major at Ohio State. So he'll be going to his sophomore year uh, up and back to Columbus. And he is now a member of the Columbus Vineyard. So circle of life, full circle, all those kinds of things. And so uh, enough about me. I wanted to share uh, briefly, uh, hopefully briefly, what I feel like the Lord place on my heart. And I want to begin just by this prayer. And I, I'm, I'm entitling this sermon, Represent the Family Well, which I'll uh, explain in a minute. This is a childhood photo of Andy. Um, and so uh, I did the best I could find. We, we whipped that up last night. And uh, so just kidding. This is the, I, this, I have no idea who this kid is. It's Opie, Opie Taylor or something. I don't know. Uh, but it was on the program that Dave told me to use for the quote unquote PowerPoint type thing. And so I was like, that looks good. It looks like a family photo. So I just threw it in there. Uh, but anyway, uh, this, this next slide here is, is this prayer and this is right out of Ephesians three. So I'm preaching on Ephesians four, but one of the things as I've become so mature, uh, is to try to actually look at the context and rather than just plucking a verse or two out and saying, okay, let's preach. What, what was the context? What was this verse? What was this section wrapped? What wrapped around this text? So I'm not actually preaching on this, but I think it's profound and it's a launching point into the text I'm actually uh, going to share in Ephesians 4. But this is a prayer that Paul prayed for the, the church in Ephesus. If you want to read along with me, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power 
I love that phrase. We get a lot. Some of our vineyard conferences that we do, I've had a few. I've had Robbie Dawkins at our church a couple of times. More love, more power. Um, and then Robbie didn't invent that. Paul did uh, through the Holy Spirit. Established in love may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So he is praying, Paul is praying for this church, that you may be so gripped with the Father's love, you may be so full and filled with the Father's love, even beyond knowledge, even beyond your theology, even beyond how smart you think you are and how smart I think I am, or how smart Andy thinks he is, you know, beyond that, that love would be the driving force and factor in everything that we do. It would be the very essence of who we are as a community. More than theology, more than philosophy, more than, you know, our theories and of, of whatever. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able, and by the way, what is the fullness of God? Doesn't it begin with love? Isn't the, you know, we, we talk, and then again, no knock on it, because it is love and power. But when we talk about the essence, the axiom of who God is in his essence, it's love. So that you may be filled with the fullness of God. What is that? Love. Love is that thing that fills us individually and more importantly as a community. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Throughout all generations. I mean, we really see that at hand with this passing of the baton from Dave to Andy. It's a generational thing that is going on, and it continues to go. God is about generations. God is about, you know, moving and working, being at work in the lives of people and communities throughout generations. And so this concept of represent the family well uh, I was sharing with uh, Andy, uh, and it was no surprise to him. I've shared with the guys. I mean, it was a rough year. The last six months have been a lot better, but it's been a rough year uh, for me personally. It were the hardest years of my life uh, by far. Um, and one of the things that was really difficult is that I had my, my brother passed away, uh, who lives in Columbus. He died of cancer, and he was only about seven, eight years older than me. And it was a real shell shock uh, to us. He had been sick, and we pray, and, you know, and it just, you know, we're, we're already not yet right full in front of us. Uh, and it was very difficult. And the theme of his funeral was represent the family well. And uh, his kids, his wife, his kids got up there. I actually said a few words, although I didn't know what the theme of the funeral was. So I just shared my own personal remarks. But one after one from his family, it was a saying that my brother used a lot, represent the family well. And so when the kids would leave the house, hey, don't forget, represent the family well. I have a saying that we use, but mine's a little bit more snarky and uh, sarcastic with my kids. When they leave the house, it's like, make good choices. You know, and I probably stole it off of Pitch Perfect or something. Uh, but it's make, make good choices, make good choices, you know. And I just tell my kids, make good choices. But it's to represent the family well. Have you ever been in a situation where you're watching the news and something's about to happen and it's like, oh, please don't be from Florida. Please don't be from Florida. Please don't be from Florida. Oh, it's from Florida. If you ever watch Cops, it's almost always from Florida, you know, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? You're like, please, please, please don't be from Lakeland. Please don't be from, please don't be from Polk County. Please don't be from St. Pete. Please don't be from St. Please don't be from Ohio. Please don't be, you know, wherever you are, whatever you're passionate about, please, please. Oh, it's like represent, like if it's someone else, if it had to have happened anyway, let's just not let it be associated with our, you know, and I think that about the church sometimes. If, if somebody in, in St. Pete, from my particular church, is like, please don't be from St. Pete Vineyard, please don't be from St. Pete Vineyard, you know, somebody's, you know, driving really slow in the left-hand lane, like one of these seven deadly sins that are, you know, that God's going to judge all of humanity for, driving slow in the left lane. It's like, please don't be from my church, it's like as I pass them and go around them. It's like, oh good, they weren't from the vineyard. So uh, really important things in life that I'm talking about. But it's represent the family well. 
It's represent the family well. We see this a little bit in this text from now flip forth. So if you want to turn on your Bible, we used to say open your Bible. Now we say turn on your Bible, well, whatever your Bible app is, your phone, your iPad. Uh, but this first slide in Ephesians 4, and this is a lot of text, so I'm going to throw some stuff out at you here. But Ephesians 4... Paul starts with, and, I'm, and I'm, if you see the little dot, 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 I've tried to cut out a little text. It doesn't affect the context of it, but, but just to shrink it down a little bit. And I've underlined some things that I'm just going to highlight or point out just a little bit, spend a little bit more time. But I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And I've emboldened that. You can't see it very well with this type of font, but calling You're going to see this word calling come up over and over and over again uh, throughout Ephesians, but especially in this section here. But I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Is that me? Am I doing something wrong? Sorry. I'm good? Just go up. Oh, what are you doing? You're doing good. I'm doing great. Yeah, you're doing great. Sorry. <laughs> That's what my church, if I start screwing up, they just mute me. And they're, oh, no. we don't know what happened. Uh, I get that all the time. So <laughs> now, now this text, I'll jump ahead just a little bit. We'll get to this. One of the things that I was telling with Dave this morning, one of the things that this text is most known for is the, you, some have been given unto you apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I would say 99 out of 100 times this text is preached it's the emphasis on the apostles pastors evangelists you know apostles teachers that's what usually is the go-to but it, one of the things that really struck me when i was looking at this text is that paul is talking about a calling and he's not just talking about a calling for the super select or the one out of a dozen or the one out of a hundred who might hold a very special office like pastor, evangelist, or teacher, or apostle, or evangelist, he's talking about a calling that is all-inclusive. It's every one of you and me. We all get to play, and each and every one of you have been called. Now, immediately, though, when we think that, if I say, you, 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 you have a calling on your life, immediately, though, we tend to go, oh, my gosh, what is that calling? Am I supposed to be a small group leader? Am I supposed to be a youth pastor? Am I supposed to be a worship leader? Am I supposed to be an evangelist? Am I supposed to be a missionary? Or am I supposed to be? Like, and maybe I'm the only one, but that's what I kind of got gripped with as a teenager. You have a calling. Oh, no, what is it? What is it? What is it? Well, Paul tells us, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. One of your callings is to be humble. You have a calling to be patient. Oh, I don't want that calling. You have a calling to be gentle. You have a calling to bear with one another in love. You have a calling to love people. Every one of you has that calling. And you see, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. Paul's like, and what does he say? To keep, to maintain the bond of peace. I don't know how many prayer revival things I've been to, how many intercessory meetings I've been to, where we're like, Lord, give us unity. Lord, please bring unity to the body. God, give us unity. And it's almost as if through this text, the Lord's saying, hey, listen, I've already given you unity just maintain it we oftentimes pray for things we spend a lot of time in the church praying for things god has already given us we need to stop that 
it's not like bad. It's just a waste of time. You know, we just spend a lot of time doing things that we don't really need to spend time doing. One of those things is praying for unity. It's almost as if God is saying, hey, guys, I've given you unity. Just don't screw it up. But it is there through the Spirit. He has given us unity. Now maintain it. How do we maintain it? By loving each other, by being humble, by being gentle, by being patient. I'll say it again, by loving each other. That is how we maintain unity, through the Spirit. And now there goes on, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called. Again, that word called, to one hope when you were called. Again, now it's important to note, I'm no English professor, but it's a past tense thing. He's like, when am I going to get my calling? When am I going to get my calling? When am I going to get my calling? You're not going to get your calling. You have already been called. You have already been called. Next slide for the the rest of this text here. I think maybe there's even one more after that. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Skip ahead to verse 10. He who descended, oh, no, I mean, there, uh, that word, that parenthesis 10. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, go ahead and read it, until we all reach unity in the faith in, and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there is a concept here, and I'll kind of overemphasize the point, and that you already have unity, and yet there is a working out to where we reach this unity of this goal, to where we actually, it starts to look like what's already been given to us. You have been given all fullness, but we don't look like we walk in fullness all the time. We have been given all the richness of the Father's love, but we don't always look like we walk in the richness of the Father's love. And so there is this manifestation thing of what is essence, what, the essence of what is true and what, how we actually live it out and to where we actually look like what's been given to us. But this whole measure of the fullness of Christ, what a statement, what a mouthful, what a, like, I mean, I, I don't even want to tackle that because what would that mean of the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? But he says, then we will no longer be infants. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So Paul was talking about the calling and this calling to live out these things, to to be the epitome of love and gentleness and patience, caring for one another in the body for an accomplished goal to be mature to reaching the fullness of what this thing looks like. Dave has done that, and he has done that well. One of the things I love about Dave Baker is that he represents exactly what I just read. He is a model of someone who does love, who is patient, who is kind, who is generous and encouraging. He has modeled that to me, and I see him at work. I would take Dave Baker over a hundred Chris Valentins, Bill Johnsons, Steve Furtixer, and all these kind of, you know, guys that are around here. I'm not not trying to knock them, but of all the this and the that of the other, give me someone who is just solid and steadfast and loving and caring. Because the world is, in terms of this super apostleship and super evangelist and super this and super that, it starts to get off the track because the office, the power, the prestige, the popularity, the fame, it starts to get a little manipulative, a little power hungry. It's a little bit about what, what, what does my kingdom look like? It gets off into a little bit of empire building. And we as the church just need to get back to shepherding and loving and preferring one another and building people up into maturity. And I'm not knocking those other guys. I'm not saying that they don't do that. But I love that about Dave. And I expect nothing less 
from Andy. He's going to bring that. And I'm very, very confident in that. And yet, one sometimes, as a church, again, we get caught up in things. We get, actually, just flip the next slide for some of these points here. What does this call of maturity look like? And I've already shared a couple of these things, but walking in humility and, walking in humility and gentleness. Walking in humility and gentleness. You know, our church is known sometimes of, I mean, the church, a vineyard church, is known a lot of times for, like, servant evangelism, for example. Servant evangelism, and we, uh, you know, Steve Shogren wrote the book Community of Kindness, you know, and so we see this, this you, know, es- you know, essence of gentleness and kindness and humility, and yet we do that really well sometimes with perfect strangers, Here's a bottle, here's a free can of Coke. Here's a free bottle of water. Here, let me clean your restrooms for you. Let me rake your yard. Let me, you know, mow your grass. Let me, we, we show love. And then when we get in here, you know, you know what she did? You know what he did? You know, you know, we're like, well, I don't know why they do that the way that they do that. And we become critical and we come back by and become judgmental and condescending. And we're, we're positioning for, I mean, you know, and I'm not saying you guys do that. But the church is kind of known for that. And yet, what is our calling? Your calling and my calling, my calling even more than being a pastor or an area leader, my calling is towards humility and gentleness and the fullness of the measure of the Father represented by his love. And your calling and my calling is no different. Your calling and Dave's calling in that regard is no different. Your calling and Andy's calling is no different in that regard. Now, the office and the position, those things will work out a little differently, but the essence of what we are called to is walking in humility, walking in gentleness and kindness and patience and loving each other. We had an all, one of these all-church meetings. Our church has gone through quite a bit, you know, lately. And I, one of the things that struck me about this text, as far as we were concerned, um, you know, that, rep- that, that, that affects the St. Pete Vineyard, is this love above knowledge. And we had, over like a year and a half ago, had flipped those two things. And we had placed a higher priority on knowledge. Well, what do we believe about this? And what do we believe about that? And what do we believe about this? Well, what's our position on this? And what's our position on that? And we were just being bombarded with all of these issues that were coming, you know, to our church. And I didn't, I was like, I don't don't know. I I think I I believed this one time, but now I kind of believe this, and I'm really not sure. And I'm reading, you know, he mentioned Dave about reading books. I'm reading one on this and one on this and one on this, and I'm getting all these perspectives, and it's just very hard. And for me... I've actually gotten humble enough to know that I don't know. Because ask me 20 years ago, and I would have told you exactly what was the right answer. And I would have banked it all in Super Jeopardy or Final Jeopardy. I would have banked it all because I knew. And now it's like, well, I was confident 10 years ago. But now I believe, I look at that a little differently now. And so love surpassing knowledge has to be an important thing that you guys, as you launch forward at the Lakeland Vineyard, because Andy's not going to know everything. 20 years from now, Andy's not going to know everything. And you're going to disagree with Andy on some things. And one of my charges to you is to live out your calling, and that is to love. And that is to place relationship in community, the bond of relationship in a community, in community, and the love for one another above knowledge, a theological position, a philosophy of how to do this or to do that, how long a service should go, or how many songs you're going to sing, or what what the stage looks like, or whatever. We had a, a, a meeting, an all church meeting at the St. Pete Vineyard, and we were talking about different things going on, and. This guy, Bill, who's about 70 years old, steps up, you know, and he goes, can I say something, Pastor Chris? I'm like, sure, Bill, okay, here. And I give him the mic, and he goes, I need to repent of something. Like, okay, you know, this is not normal. I mean, it's not normal like that happens. He goes, I've been sowing discord 
and bringing division into our body, and I need to repent and say I'm sorry. I don't want to be like that anymore. And I'll ask you to forgive me. And I just went, do you know how much better that word was? Just a simple demonstration of humility and gentleness than a hundred prophetic words of the spirits coming in from the east on the wings of the turtle doves that's going to bring a wave of fire, of glory. You know what I mean? Like those kind of prophetic words. Like when I hear those words, I'm just like, forgive me. And if you give those, I mean, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I'm just like, oh, dear Lord, please, not another one of those kind of words. Like that simple act of love and humility and repentance was greater than a hundred of those words because it was rich and it was honest and it was meaningful. And I just went, thank you, Bill. Thank you for that. Because we just kind of get it again. We're, we're, it becomes so heavenly minded with some of the stuff and we think our calling is to crack, you know, the, 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 the revelation code or crack the this or, the, you know, crack type, some type of biblical prophecy code. And it's like, Hey, why don't we just love each other? Why don't we just show patience and humility to each other? Let's live out our calling in this. And when we get that down, let's see what else the Lord brings to our plate. What else he brings to the table. It's like just kind of sometimes just getting back to the basics of what some of this stuff means. Of making unity and peace a priority. Rather than having to be right about everything. So you know what? Peace. And unity and love for one another has to become a greater priority than me getting my way or me being right or having this done exactly the way that I see it. These are kind of important things as to what our calling in the church and in the body really looks like. It's important stuff. We come down to this. And then one of the things that I think is important is recognizing the totality of the presence of Jesus. One of the things that Paul said in that text was that you would see how God is at work through the very presence of Jesus in every aspect and scenario of what's going on. That he really is at work in recognizing his presence. Well, here's another thing that I think sometimes we pray, spend a lot of time praying for, and the Lord is saying, I've already given that to you. Lord, please send your presence. Lord, please send your presence. Lord, please send your presence. And we pray and we cry and we wail. It's just like, I'm here. I never left. I was here before I, you got here. I came in with you. I will leave with you. I, you cannot escape. Where can I go to escape from your presence? Can I go to the grave? Can I go to Sheol? Can I go to the heavens? Can I go? I cannot. I can run. I can try. But I cannot escape your presence. And yet we in the church oftentimes pray and pray and pray, Lord, please give us your presence. And to become and have an awareness, one of our callings is to have an awareness of the presence of the Father. The presence, the, the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit, his Trinitarian presence amongst, uh, amongst us all the time, everywhere, that is so pervasive and to embrace the gifts and callings given to the body. Again, some of those things are basic love. I, I said this, I shared this with the church, so this isn't kind of anything new, but to my local body, I said, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in coming this new tagline, this new phrase, this new thing, you know, the global awakening harvest, super, you know, it, revival center, you know, of this or that. And, you know, we, we, we're like, what's our cool label? And, and you know, a- Andy might even be tempted to come up with like some new thing. And I, I, for me, we're just trying to dumb things down a little bit. You know, instead of World Harvest Global Awakening, End Time Revival Center type stuff, I'm like, St. Pete Vineyard just trying not to be jerks. You know, I mean, like, I literally said that. Like, I would just be satisfied, St. Pete Vineyard just trying not to be jerks. Like, let's do that first. (laughs) And if we can just try not to be jerks, and we can look a little like the Father, look a little like His love, I look a little like his compassion. We start to care for people. We start to warmly receive people, warts and all, faults and all. 
mistakes and all, past and all, we just really start to embrace and love and welcome and we're there with them in the midst of hard, difficult times. And we extend grace to them when we just don't even understand where they're coming from. Like, what planet are you from? Where, where, I don't even understand anything you just said. But I love you. Because you are a son or a daughter of the Most High King. And you are precious and valuable. And you have insurpassable worth. And I recognize that insurpassable worth that the Lord has, has ascribed to you. And as a way to honor my father, I too am going to join him in recognizing that. Like, let's just do that. And then if we can get to some lofty title or some lofty goal, but let's get that nailed down first. And if it has to start with just trying not to be jerks, start there. And if you can move that up to, okay, we're not jerks anymore, now trying to be genuinely warm and hospitable and authentic. And if we nail that one, then let's go to the next, you know, whatever it is. But I think it's important just to look at these things of what does your calling look like and recognizing the totality of the presence of Jesus and then finally again, embracing the gifts and the callings given to the body. And that is when you see elders and that are in position that are called to represent in a leadership capacity. That could be your children's pastor who was up here, or the worship team. And then that comes to Dave. And, uh, and even though he's retired, you know, he, he is going to be a presence in this church and, has, and someone to be honored. And the way that I know that it's easy to honor this guy because he honors each and every one of you. And that's what the body's supposed to look like, this mutual honoring of one or another. Not of this pyramid, you know, I almost said scheme, but sometimes it looks like that. You know, this pyramid thing, but it's, it's more of a round table in the community. Now, the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, they have a particular office and a particular assignment that's given to them. And Andy is now stepping up to fill that thing that particular calling, but I, if I have anything to say about it, I hope that this day doesn't end with thinking Andy was called to be the pastor of this church, or the calling in this church is for Andy to be the pastor. The thing I want to encourage is, you: yeah, he's called that, but you are all called, working together for a common good to represent the Father, and to love the snot out of the people of Lakeland. Just love their socks off. Love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. Allow the, the, the totality of the presence of Jesus to just become evident in their lives, whether they believe or not, but that they would see. And I love the testimony. I'm going to cut into my sermon time a little bit. I love the testimony. <laughs> just kidding. That a Buddhist, an agnostic, an atheist is recognizing the presence of Jesus. It's a true story, and I'll close with this. We have a guy who in our church, while I was sitting down eating uh, Chipotle with Robbie Dawkins, he was in for a conference, and we're here. And one of our guys walked in the church that had been coming for uh, about a year or so. But this guy was an atheist slash agnostic depending on when you talk to him he'd kind of identify as one or the other and uh robbie and i are sitting there doing some damage to some chipotle uh this guy walks in brian and he walks in line and i go hey robbie do me a favor i said look at that guy and tell me what's the first thing you see and he looked over at him and he goes i see a bunch of question marks circling over the top of his head and I go, nailed it. You know, I mean, it was just like, boom, right on. I mean, it was just saying, I said, if you have anything, just share it with him. And so he goes, okay. You know, and Robbie, he never shrinks back from that. I go, hey, come over here for a second. And so, Brian, come here. And Robbie just says, I don't know you, I've never met you, but this is what I see. And he just started to share a couple basic things. It wasn't really anything hugely profound or whatever. And just bit by bit, bit by bit, this guy who comes, who would, I'm just kind of hanging out. I don't really, my kids kind of want to go to church, and so I'm kind of doing this. To where he is now one of our primary children's, we call our children's ministry Kid City. He is one of our primary Kid City leaders. 
just a couple of years later, the dude loves Jesus. And it wasn't because of my articulation of theological ideas. It was the presence of Jesus and the love of people. I couldn't convince him theologically, scientifically, you know, it was giving that, but it was the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the love and fellowship, the community, the gentleness, the humility of people, just loving him right where he was at. And now he's one of my best leaders that I have in the church. That is a calling. That is a calling, and that had a lot less to do with me or Robbie than it did the greeters, the coffee people, the donut people, the prayer team people, the word, I mean, just, just loving on him, just loving on him, just loving on him. He experienced the presence of the Father. That is a calling, that is a commissioning that I'm giving you this morning. That however this baton is passed and however this looks for next Sunday, you guys are all on call. You guys have all, are all being commissioned into this thing as to what the, the Lord's going to do in the Lakeland Vineyard. So I thank you for that. I thank you for supporting Dave through these years. I thank you for supporting my friend Andy. And I'll encourage you to be the hands, the feet, the breath, the very breath of Jesus, the very breath of the Spirit in the community of this church and in this community. Can I pray for you guys? Father, I thank you for this this, 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 this beautiful gathering of people, I bless them in the name of Jesus. Whatever authority I have, whatever position I have, whatever power ability I have, I bless them in Jesus' name. I speak blessing and life and encouragement over them. I speak your love and your favor and your your gentleness, your patience over them. Holy Spirit, would you just do a work in this family? And I know we're going to pray for him in a minute, but I, I just speak that same blessing over Andy. God, may you just love on him that more than anything else, he would know that he is your son, that you love him unconditionally, not based on his title, not based on even his results or his good ideas, but just because he is your son and you're just head over heels madly in love with him and his wife and his family. So, Father, I do, I just speak that blessing over the staff, over these elders, over this congregation, and I just ask that you just do amazing, amazing things in them under your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, sir. That was a powerful word. Would you let him know that, please? Please. Man. Tremendous. That's a word for the hour. It was uh, not many moons ago, well, it has been a long time, since Dave and Rick and I sat in the car out in front of the church and talking about who's going to be our Timothy. Who's Timothy? And Paul said, I have nobody else, I have Timothy, to come and take that place, to come and walk behind. And Dave said, I'm not sure, but he was praying. And then to be a part of the situation to watch as God moves upon heart after heart and opens a door and sets the stage for what's taking place here today is a big deal. I, I think I was, I kept thinking, I woke up early this morning, I kept thinking, this is like a wedding, Dave. This is like you blessing your son to take this church in a new direction. And then to be able to be a part of that and, and to stand with, with Chris here to, to see God do something. And I said, Lord, what do you want to do special? And Andy, if you guys will come on up. And I, I, I think when I do a wedding and the charge has been given like Chris has given this morning. And we're fixing to pray and bless over these guys like you do when you send a man and a woman out to their new life. And then there's that place where the pastor turns and says, I now pronounce you man and wife. And I feel like that's what's going on here in the sense of, of this charge has been given. 
I get a chance to be a part with, with and you want to invite the, those that are ordained and elders and, and Chris, will you guys come up and just gather around these guys? But now's the chance that we have elders, elders wives too, to release heaven and earth. I look at us, okay, I'm going to look at you, husband and wife, you're already that, but as pastor and pastors in this church, um, we look upon the supernatural. We don't look into ourselves. We look upon what he wants to do. And the Lord always gives ahead of us what we need to do. Now, if we're looking and we're receiving, we're on the mark. Because so many times we're pulled this way and pulled that way. The Lord told me that early this morning to tell you there's a door set before you of provision. You have one, and as the pastor's wife, you have one. And there's not a thing behind that door God's hiding from you. But the Lord wants you to open that door up and receive daily what he has for each day as a day. When you would say, I don't know if we can do this, Lord, what's behind that door? When you say, Lord, what have I gotten into? What's behind this door? You know, when he turns, where's, where's Dave? when he says, Dad, son, it's between you and God now. And God has provided everything you need for this journey, for your wonderful children. And I feel like you're supposed to stand with us and ask the Lord this simple question this morning. Because everybody gets to play, right? Okay, would you close your eyes and say, Father, what specifically would you have me pray now for Andy and Jen and family? So get it, grab it, let the Lord speak it. Okay, now hold on to it, all right? Now just stretch your hands out to these guys, elders, soon to be former, former senior pastor, always Papa, AL leader. Father, we just release now in the name of Jesus. We just release everything you have. Father, we open, guys, put your hand out in front of you, grab the door, grab the handle, open the door for the first time, it's fixing to be pronounced pastors of this church, and say, Father, speak, Father, Father, I receive, I receive, your provision, your provision, for this new season, for this new season, in our lives. Clutch it to your chest and hold on to it. Now, Father, we just, as when we're fixing to see a man and a woman come together as husband and wife. And, Lord, I've said this so many times. There's a supernatural things that takes place in the spirit that sometimes we're so caught up in the wedding, we're not even looking at what's going on in the spirit. But, Lord, you said that you would make a man and a woman one. You would put them together. Father, as Dave and Jen are releasing this baton to these guys, Father, supernaturally charge them, empower them, and love and comfort and assure them. Guys, I want you to say out loud, I can do this. I can do this. One more time. I can do this. And say, in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Father, we just pray this morning, Lord, as so many great things have happened through this church. Father, as we heard the testimonies last night of the path that Dave and Jan have, have made for these guys to walk, Lord, what they've done. So much of what Chris preached about this morning, Father, I heard the testimonies last night of what you're already doing. And Lord, Andy will never be Dave, but he's sure a part of him. So, Lord, as, as Wimber would say, today we take the best from the past and we look to what you have from this point on and we go forward. Right, congregation? There's not a Sunday that goes by that I'm standing during worship up front and I do two things. First, I step back and I say, God, I give you this. I can't do this. Sometimes I'll just put people, I'll just, we'll have an altar, and I'll just put, a, I'll put my hand on the altar and say, Lord, I just place them on the altar because I can't save them. 
I can't heal them. I can't fix them. I can't do anything, Lord, except what you're doing in heaven. And as I said, Lord, I release this church. And I just pray you pray this in your heart. I release this church into your hands, God. It is not mine. I am a steward. We are stewards over what you have created, what you have birthed, what you have done. And we didn't trust it to you, Lord. I release it into your hands. And then after a few moments, I take that step forward. And I say, Father, but I want to do whatever you want me to do. I want to be a part of, of your work, your process. I will do. I will be your hands. I will be your feet. I will be your heart. I will be your lips. I will be everything you want me to be. In Jesus' name. So this morning, would you guys just, family, would you just step forward as a unit? Father, we step forward. And once again, Lord, and I just hush now, Father. And Father, if there's anything else that you want to do right now in Jesus' name. Chris, you've already prayed, but just put your hand on top of both of them. Lord, we just, in the authority you've given us in the vineyard, the authority you've given us in the kingdom, Father, we just release this, this calling that's so well laid out this morning, and Lord, the stewardship of Lakeland Vineyard. We release it in spirit. In Jesus' name. Now, Dave, you come do the honors. All right. Okay, all you guys are free to go. I'm going to introduce him here in a second. Family, you're, you're, you can go sit down, too. Andy's going to say something in a moment. Um... Everybody can have be seated for a second. Chris, you did a great job. We're going we're going to give you a green light on that one. That's an inside joke. <laughs> you know, in verse 16 of that same chapter, he ends up saying this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. That's the calling Chris talked about. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what he ends up with, full of love. And that's what this is all about. I remember in 1971, God gave me a dream. And I was in graduate school, and in that dream... I was in a Lutheran church because I was Lutheran at the time. And I was pastoring. And some of you have heard this. And I woke Jan up and I said, what would you think if I went into the ministry? And she said, go back to sleep. <laughs> and so God, very persistent, though, he gave me the dream, the same dream the next night, very vivid. And being a smart husband, I didn't wake my wife up. <laughs> and I just put it on the back burner. Uh, I pursued graduate work down at the University of Miami. That fell through because that's not what God had in mind. And he saved us uh, at the same time, uh, Jan and I. And as we uh, walked that calling out, we didn't know what that meant. Um, went to seminary, Bible college seminary, uh, and just was waiting to see what was going to unfold. And it didn't unfold for me like it unfolds for lots of folks. It took a lot of time. There were a lot of things I had to do in between that I didn't want to do. That's when I hear people say, oh, I'd never do that. Be careful. Be very careful uh, that you'd never do that because you may be ended up doing what you thought you might not do. I'm, I'm talking about good stuff. <laughs> I'm talking about immoral stuff, you know. And then we had our, we have two sons, Chad and Andy. They're, they're six years apart. In fact, Andy was the seminary gift. He was our graduate gift <laughs> when I graduated. 
And, and when we had two sons, no, it was a good gift most of the time. When, when we had both our sons, immediately I said, God, they belong to you, whatever you want to do. Never once tried to influence them to go in a particular way. Uh, I knew that Chad had a calling on his life. And see, thank you so much, Chris, because we get it all screwed up. We think calling means you're going to preach. It, it doesn't mean that at all. There are some people that are called to do that, but we're called to live out the Christ life. Whatever we do, whether we work on the docks, we, we, we put on roofs, whatever we do, we're called to function in that capacity. And so pray the same thing over Andy. And so when it came time, and I knew it was time, I knew just as sure as anything, it was time to step down. And, I, and, and they asked me, well, who's going to replace you? I said, I, I don't know. And so I shared it with Jan, my, my decision, and she felt good about that. You know. <laughs> then I shared it with my two boys. And Andy says to me, well, did you tell them I'd like to be considered? And I said, no. You never told me that you wanted to be considered. And I knew that he had a calling to pastoring. I did. I knew that, but that's not something that you impart on somebody. It's something you got to know in your heart because when the hard stuff happens, you got to know that's what you're called to do because hard stuff's going to happen and disappointments are going to happen. Just like Chris said, you know, I had a bad, bad year. <laughs> Those come. And, and so I said, no, I, I did not tell him that, Andy. He said, well, would you tell him I would like to be considered? I said, no, I will not. I said, you tell them that. See, because here's what I knew. All the elders already knew that. They just needed to hear him say it. And he said it. And so here we are. We're going to make this transition. I want, you to sh I want to show you who we're making a transition to. So go ahead and run that little video clip there. <laughs> We're making the transition to someone that I believe in the kingdom is going to make a big splash. You know? And I'm, people ask me, how you feel, Dave? I feel good. Because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. I know this is supposed to take place. So I feel good. And, and so... I just give to be a part of this ongoing, unfolding thing that God's doing uh, to see this happen in my son's life. See, when you ask me, are you more proud of Andy than Chad? No. No. Because Chad's functioning in his calling and Andy's functioning in his calling. That's what makes you proud, that they're walking where they're supposed to walk, doing what God's called them to do. And so, Andy, here you go. Having said that, you do need to get your office cleared up. All right. <laughs> or should I say my office? Just joking. <laughs> Partially. <laughs> I want to share some. I didn't know. You know, I, sometimes you, when you get up to speak, you're like, I don't really know what I, 
how do I do this, you know, this transition thing, and what do I speak on? And um, just yesterday, just finally kind of got some thoughts uh, together. And when I say yesterday, it was actually today at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. And um, so I just wanted to read this to you. Uh, as an encouragement to us, uh, I, I don't think Chris could have uh, delivered a more appropriate message um, than what he delivered. And, and so we're in Hebrews 10, and, uh, and it talks about Christ being the sacrifice uh, once and for all. And it talks about um, Jesus, how he is in the Old Testament, that there was sacrifice all the time, sacrifice after sacrifice, that, that it was a reminder of our sin. And that Jesus came and for once and for all gave forgiveness to our sins. And not that we could remember them, but they could, they could be as far as the east is from the west. And so it just, this struck me here in verse 19, it said, And so, brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting in him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with, the Christ, with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly, without wavering, to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And here's what I got from that is this, that we have one hope. Our hope doesn't come from a logo. It doesn't come from the people even around us. Our hope comes in Christ. And when we begin to function as a unit that is designed to be, that we are going to see Lakeland Vineyard transformed. But in the bigger picture that we have to get, we're going to see the church of Lakeland transformed. And we're going to function in the way that we should function. And so, no, I'll never be my dad. My dad was never me. All right? And so things are going to be different. But the thing, that, the thing that just came to me over and over again, things are going to be different, but it's the same race. So when the importance of passing the baton is not that we are going in a different direction, but we are still headed toward the same goal, which is Jesus Christ. It's to seek and save the lost. That in the unity of the Spirit, that we can do great things together. And so we're going to see that in Lakeland as a result of you all. And it's not about the person that's up here. It's us as a people that are going to make a difference in our city. And that is the call that we have. And so as we go, we don't need to worry about I wonder if I can get into the presence of God because the presence of God is in us. Where are we going to take it? Where are we going to deposit it? Where are we going to be used? And it's not just a if I'm going to be used. It's when am I going to be used? And it's not to hand somebody a card that says come to Lakeland Vineyard, but it's, it's to see the Spirit of God move in a mighty way that maybe some of us have never seen before. That the naysayers that say, I don't know if I can do this, you can't, but Christ can do it in you. It's for the person that might be weak in faith that the Spirit of God comes on them and uses them to hand out a cold glass of water. And then through that, they get to impact somebody's life. It's for the person that's never prayed for somebody and seen healing take place. That is going to take place. That the brokenhearted are going to come through this door and that Jesus is going to meet them right where they're at. It's when we got into the neighborhoods and we preached the good news that people respond not to us, but the Spirit of God that is drawing them nearer to Him. And then we get to see families and generations impacted. Because I've always said, if you change one person's life, you have changed the world forever. 
Because that change is then going to lead to an intersection in their life where they have to make a decision. And then other people make decisions. And other people make decisions. And we get a generational thing going on. And so the challenge for me and for this body is this. How are we making a difference? How are we responding to the call? How are we not being jerks? Green light on that one, by the way. That was awesome. And that's the call of Lakeland Vineyard. I'm excited. I really am. I, I told Jen this morning, I said, dude, I don't, I'm kind of nervous. Like 13 and a half years, I've just done the same thing. I don't even know what I'm doing. All right? Just to be open, I, there's a confidence booster for you. All right? <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I know this, that there are great, this is a great group of people. This is a group of people that have serving God on the forefront of their lives. And so I cannot wait to be a part of what God is going to do in and through Lakeland Vineyard. And um, let's pray. God, you are actually, dude, let's stand up. Let's do that. Yeah. We're going to do that thing. Let's, let's go old school here. Join the hands. Now, whether you're a guest here or you're a regular attender, uh, if you believe and you call on the name of Jesus Christ, you are, you are in Him. And you are a brother, you are a sister. And so I just, let's pray. God, we thank You for the Word. Thank You for the reality of who You are and the oneness that we can walk in. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you came as the ultimate example of humility. And so, God, if we leave here with one thing, let us be more like you. Let us be humble in the presence of others, not proud. But let us humble ourselves. God, let us be servants who serve a God that loves people to pieces. And God, help us just to be a reflection of that. You are so worthy of all praise and honor, God. And so, God, I pray that for each one of us, we would just be mere reflections of what you're doing. That, God, when, when, we, when you use us to do something, that we would simply reflect that back up to you. It's only through Christ that we can do anything. And so, God, we thank you for this day. Thank you as we leave this place that we are more than conquerors through you. That when we go out and we face the realities of life, some good, some bad, that you are in control. So, God, would you awaken the call? Would you send the call out? Would you help us to be carriers of the call continually, bringing encouragement to one another, holding each other accountable, God, and most of all, loving you? So, God, we thank you again for this day. God, we thank you for a pastor that walks in integrity Thank you for the years of ministry that him and my mom have uh, been in. And I just pray that it doesn't stop. I mean, I know it won't stop. So I just pray that you would just pour out your spirit. God, and we thank you. And I, I want to just say, Jesus, thank you for a foundation that is solid, a foundation that we can build on. God, I thank you that when the transition took place, God, and is, was, took, was taking place over this last year, that it, this wasn't built on sand. But, God, it was built on a firm foundation, and we thank you for that. God, and we thank you for, for growth. We thank you that you 
put something on a, our pastor's heart that said a hundred people will come to know you, and that reality passes on too from generation to generation. That is something that didn't fade out, but that is here to stay. We want to have people that don't know you. We want to intersect their lives. We want, we want them to come into the reality of the kingdom of God. And so we pray that. Help us to be more like you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Yes, Jen and I will be in the back with bows on. <laughs>